Hello and welcome to Gaming the Podcast. My name is John Robertson and I'm joined by Stace Harmon and this week we are discussing the best weapons in video games. Now, weapons matter in video games because as someone who plays games, you'll probably be well aware of the fact that they are the primary means for us as players to communicate with the game. They're how the game designer chooses to present what kind of verbs, what kind of actions, interactions you have with the game so they tell us a lot about what the game is actually about what is possible in a game what we can get from a game what kind of reactions we can expect from it uh and so it's a worthy topic of conversation now obviously there's a lot of different weapons there's a lot of different um types of weapons weapons that are good for their sort of narrative um, abilities, the way they sort of uh, communicate what the world is about or who these characters are, and then there's you know, purely mechanical ones. Um, so Stace, how did you go about um, sort of determining what makes a good weapon? Mm. Well, firstly, I mean, I really like that that way of phrasing it, as you've just put it, that they are that the primary means of interacting with a game world and the way that, you know, the, the games are designed with that in mind. And I think... Uh, and that does extend, of course, outside of weapons occasionally. And, and, but it's often the same. The feeling is the same. So Toem, which I've mentioned recently, I've been playing on Switch. The primary method there is a, is a camera, but very much it's point and click. It's how you, you know, you, how you impact the game world and how you observe it as well. And so that feeds into this for me. It feeds into how a weapon that I'm using in a game makes not only makes me feel as in terms of sort of that that visceral feeling of in in a combat situation but the change that it can affect on the world um and how that is observed by the world so the the least interesting weapons for me let's start there would be like just the standard here's just generic gun x that when you point it at this person and shoot them they die or something happens to them. Mm. Um, those are the ones that are just like, okay, cool. And, and those are the very mechanical ones for me. Those are the ones that if you get the feel of that gun, right. And you differentiate between the the weapons in your game, then that can still stand as a, a good example of a weapon, but it's not, those aren't the ones that are the most interesting to me. Um, I tend to go more for the, for those ones that are more narratively satisfying. And for yeah. things like that, I'm thinking, you know, anything in, God of War, God of War's Wars, Leviathan. Narratively satisfying, just anything in God of War. (laughs) Those is a good example of of those kinds of things. They have a they have a history and a law in the game. It's a big deal when you get them in the game. Kratos is defined in in the early God of Wars, at least by um, like the Blades of Chaos and also Athena. And so it's those things that really have a a meaning that they're they're acknowledged in the game. It's not just oh here's have an AK forty seven and it means nothing to anybody. It's like there's some real um, some real story points behind it. So that's there's that's a starting point for me. um, Kind of the the narrative narrative side of it. Just on that, I think there's a twist on on that as well and it's and it's like weapons that have meaning uh within the game world but they're not special like i'm thinking mm-hmm. like the plasma cutter in dead space mm-hmm. or like the crowbar mm-hmm. in half-life yeah. um and i think they're special because they're not weapons really yeah. but but they make sense in the world like isaac in dead space it makes total sense he's out of plasma cutter that's like a tool for his yeah. job and it makes total sense that you'd find the crowbar in a factory in a in a whatever complex in half-life yeah 
Um, so, and then they're put to use as, um, as weapons. So it sort of grounds you in the character in the world in a, in a way that feels, that feels real. So that, so the yeah, weapon is, is, is a great way of communicating things about the world, about the game, because it's a, something that exists before it became a weapon. Yeah. And that's, a, and the, the plasma cutter in Dead Space is definitely would make a shortlist or does make my shortlist of like my favorite weapons for a lot of those reasons. You know, you, a lot of time is spent telling us in Dead Space that Isaac isn't a soldier, he's an engineer, to then have him handle, I mean, he does get machine guns and all the rest of it, but to then just out the gate say, oh, and here's his trusty pistol sidearm, would be like, well, what? You've just told me he's an engineer. So the fact he has a plasma cutter and that that feeds into the whole, you know, that whole kind of um, turning the expectation on its head of you don't go for headshots with the necromorphs, you're trying to dismember them and and lo and behold, the plasma cutter is a perfect weapon to do that. The fact that it switches between horizontal and vertical, all of that is just like, I love the, the way that that's been threaded in. And yeah, that you have to suspend disbelief well, yeah. in a lot of ways, obviously, but a little bit in terms of what well, it's clearly it's a gun and particularly the ones he gets later on are clearly that's, you know, that's a yeah. gun. But still it does. Yeah. I really like that somebody's thought about that and they've started there as a, let's not just chuck him a gun or he finds a gun in the first five minutes there's a reason he's got this tool, um, which also doubles yeah. very much as a weapon. So let's, yeah. um, let's go back to what you said at the start as well. Is this is a more, a more generic point, but when you were saying, you know, guns point shoot kills someone, doesn't kill someone, um, as like a purely mechanical thing. While I agree, like on any, on when you pull out any individual gun, as a as a as a wider rule, as a wider note, I think guns are actually potentially one of the finest forms of video game weapon you can get it doesn't matter what gun it is and it's because uh, something cliff blizzard i think it was cliff blizzinski said um being asked about why guns so satisfying or why is his why does mm. why do his games uh, focused on guns and he said well it's because the interaction and response time is so quick and therefore so yep. satisfying yeah. so when you when you point and click the gun and you either kill or don't kill then you get that immediate feedback loop you know if you've done right or wrong you know where you've gone wrong you know how to improve you know mm -hmm. uh, how to act differently next time for every shot that you take if you're properly concentrating then you're learning and reading and being given feedback all, all the time and you know like oh i've missed that shot now i'm in danger all of that stuff and it's happening boom 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom boom constantly yeah yeah absolutely and that and that's why i think it is well that is partly why so many games feature weapons and, and perhaps specifically guns um because of that it is a very satisfying and tight loop and yeah it is very and if it's well designed and, and elegantly designed then you do you do feel something when you're doing it it's not just you know you don't just get ranked oh you hit the bullseye 10 points you you feel something for that interaction that you're having that constant just back and forth uh with the environment and with the world so interestingly though <laughs> and that's the fact that you mentioned guns there being like one of the finest video game weapons some of my favorite weapons so there's a couple of things some of my favorite weapons are like multi weapons so they would be things like the even just the starting uh rifle in um Killzone Shadowfall from several years ago uh that is a it can turn from a sniper rifle into a a machine gun a semi-automatic machine gun i think if i remember rightly and that is a thing that you press a button and it transforms from one into the other that as a 
as a, almost a romantic concept, I really like because, and that comes from my childhood of watching a TV show called Ulysses 31, um, which is uh, basically a sci-fi version of Odysseus's story, the Greek myth of him wandering and trying to find his way home. It's that set in space, basically. And he has, Ulysses has this amazing weapon, um, which is just a, like a, a pistol that also has what is effectively a lightsaber that comes out of the top of it. Um, and I think since then I've been like, my imagination has been captured by this idea of something that is, is more than one thing. Mm. Um, I also thought actually that that gun had a shield on it. And then when I looked it up, his shield is a completely separate thing. But anyway, so I've, I kind of, I'm drawn to those guns or those weapons that are more than one thing. So, and that would also count, that would take in things like Mega Man's Mega Blaster or the, uh, the arm cannon in, in Metroid games where it can be like multiple different types of things and you just pick up you just have one tool to, uh, available to you you're surely thinking of the gun blade from final fantasy 8 that's a gun and a sword well of course yeah absolutely and and bayonetta's heels you know <laughs> high heels and the and, and it's a gun um but those aren't the those are like the ones that capture my imagination uh strangers crossbow in in strangers wrath that has multiple different types of ammo that kind of thing I, i'm always like i, I like that idea and conversely, I'm less keen on the idea of becoming like a one-man army and having six different guns. Um, it's one of my least favourite bits of one of my favourite franchises, The Last of Us, where you end up with just, you know, silly amount of guns and that kind of takes me out of it a bit. It's like I'd mm. rather one thing that does multiple things. Um, but yeah, I move more towards... So the I think some of my favourite weapons... Uh, and I do have a favorite and I'd be interested to know if you do as well, but I do have a favorite weapon in video games, but to feed into that, some of my favorites are the ones that are like more than one thing. They're like utility weapons. So like the gravity gun, you know, from half-life, that kind of thing, but not that example yeah. for me. Um, or like even like the grappler from, from the just cause series. That's like a grappling hook, but also can do multiple other things. I, I like that kind of, multi-approach um yeah but do you i mean do you have a is there like a, a class of weapons for you that are that you are always more into you know is there a, is it as simple as oh if somebody's using a katana blade that i'm more into i'm more likely to be interested do you, is it that sort of uh not black and really white uh no when i've got a big list here and there it's kind of a hodgepodge although i suppose some of these fall into different categories so there are like iconic ones that might not be like especially wonderful. They're not like the strongest mm. weapons in the world of video games or anything, but they are so like Cloud's Buster Swords. I know mm -hmm. people will be picking like the Master Sword from uh, from Zelda or like the Keyblade, a super popular from Kingdom Hearts as well. But um, Cloud's Buster Swords um, is just just ridiculously cool. Like you know, you don't they're, actually want to use it. Right? Yeah, they're iconic. Is that for me? That's what that is. Like they're iconic. Well, yeah, and like it's just amazing. It's just well, I mean, the Buster Sword in the original Final Fantasy, so you don't want to use it for very long. You want to immediately replace it. Really, is is this like your basic generic, mm. like mm -hmm. zero everything sword? Um, but it just looks just ridiculous. Like it's you know, it's just <laughs> like a giant slab of metal on a little blade uh, on this little guy. It must weigh like more than him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So there's like iconic looking ones like there. And I guess I put like Bayonetta's hair in. 
I was mm-hmm. thinking of other ones. Um, the insults in Monkey Island. So, like text, <laughs> text as a weapon is yeah. quite is quite an interesting one. I, I think that's one of the cleverer ones. And again, that really works to sell the game world. Like, yes. really works to sell what that game is all about. It's all about what well, it's literally all about. That's those sort of um, clever use of actual verbs and mm. um, and on the dialogue and the jokes and stuff in that game. So that that makes perfect sense so there's things like the golden gun and golden eye which are like the shrinker in duke nukem which i probably wouldn't put as my favorite weapons like the ones i respect to the most or i'm most interested in but they're definitely like super memorable like mm. super stuck out a lot and there's like sillier ones or like or like the fireball from street fighter um but then i didn't know like does mario do mario's feet count as weapons because like that's surely one of the most devastating and consistent and like you know just all powerful weapons in all the video games yeah well Um, i think i think they do it's not something that i would have considered really but i think they do i think absolutely i think that's a great and it does a bit like the monkey island insults it does it retains that same thing of that immediate feedback that like you know you you know you've hit or you haven't and i think that the insults in monkey island i particularly like that example because you do you know you put something out there you fire something off and either it is is defended um or it is you know there's even a riposte that comes back or you've hit and you get to see that you know the people shuffle along the screen towards the right and you're going to defeat the pirates mario's is great because it's there's a, there's a there's like a visceral feeling to that because if you miss this isn't just a gun that you're firing off. If you miss the jump, then you are immediately in more danger than yeah. you were than if you landed it. So that, go, again, goes back to that thing you were talking about with, like, adjusting your decision-making and knowing in the moment, you know, what needs to happen next. And that's, like, that can't help but engage you more, I would say, for me, than, like, shooting off a sniper rifle round and, you know, having to reload and all the rest of it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I think yeah, the feet work definitely. And then there's some, there's some that like everyone would say, I guess, like the portal gun and the portal gun from Portal, gravity gun from mm-hmm. Half Life. Um, I think the Lancer in Gears, uh, well, all of the Gears, um, is brilliant because it's it's a very meaty, brilliantly feeling, um, like it just feels chunky to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Gears feels chunky. Yeah, but then, like, you know, if someone's close to you or if you run out of ammo or whatever, I was going to run up to them and just change all their torso <laughs> in half. Um, and they just get covered yes, all in blood. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 just, it's just absolutely great, like, over the top, like, almost like um, if someone from outside the world of video games just saw video games as these, like, just purely violent things, like, what would you expect? <laughs> but it's that. Like, that just yeah. like, sort of plays into that and just, like, plays its... Um, plays that card that people sort of that yeah. vision of video games have it's just like just go okay fine we'll embrace that and just here's with this. great relish yeah absolutely um, like it wholeheartedly <laughs> enthusiastically embraces that role of being the poster child of why video games are bad yeah um but in an awesome way but i think i don't know i mean i can say what i think my favorite one is and i don't know if it even is a weapon but the concept of summons from Final Fantasy, and not just Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. there's other games that have summons. But um, and I mean that sort of summon. I don't mean like summoning skeletons in Diablo, although that is sure. also how I play Diablo. Yeah. Um, but summons in Final Fantasy. Um, as I was thinking, like what what weapons give me the most satisfaction? What ones do I look forward to using or acquiring? 
And I don't think there are many things that could loosely be termed a weapon that I really have a really strong aspiration to see and find Mm. and get really excited when you find a new one, work out how to use it. You can only use them sparingly, um, depending on which Final Fantasy game it is. There's different limitations on how the limitations work that are different between games on on the summonings. Um, And and they just look spectacular. Like they are real events. Like, and that first time, like when you, when you use it for the first time and you don't know what it looks like and it's like, you know, you're proper like on edge, like trying yeah. to like seeing, uh, anticipating what this thing is going to look like and what it's going to do for you. And you know, they're all, they're cleverly they're cleverly designed. Like it's not just like Ifrit and Shiva where it's like extreme forms of ice or mag- or fire mm-hmm. attacks. You know, there can be ones that confuse and heal and protect you and whatever. Um, so yeah, like when I was thinking about this and I was trying to compare these, although the actual direct comparisons sort of don't really make sense with a lot of these things because, you know, as I said at the start, they're just different ways that the designers have you interact with the games. And given that these games are widely different, their interactions don't really bear much comparison to each other a lot of the time. And I think like how do you compare what's better, a summon a summoning spell or Mario's foot? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not really... Uh, they um, do different things, yeah, for um, But well, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I remember for 20-odd years, for 20-odd years ago, or 20-odd years on, I should say, I still very much remember one of my favourite attacks in, like, any Final Fantasy game is Knights of the Round Materia from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, yeah, I think speaks to that, because it, it is, like, it's this event. Like you do this thing and it's like, you know, not just because it takes five minutes to cast or to play out, but because it's like, wow, that's like something bigger than you in the game. Well, that's exactly. Something that's, yeah. yeah. You're calling on law there. Yeah. And like if you're if you're against a big enemy, a big boss and, you know, they're getting the best of you and it's like and they think that they're all this and that. Yeah. And then it's like, well, check <laughs> this out. Just you wait. Uh, yeah. like, uh, and then you and then it takes off. 20% of their health and you're like oh, okay yeah uh, well check this one out as well um, come back to me in 10 minutes when it's then, recharged and then you do that five more times and you use yeah. all of your summons and then and then they're finally dead um but yeah i couldn't <laughs> think of like if it's just classing bests in quotes in terms of uh impact and memorability and excitement then i think it's probably that i don't think that they're the most mechanically interesting they're not like the ones that are like cleverest or anything like Mm. that but just as Mm. a spectacle um they're pretty difficult to beat i'd say for me yeah and you know going into any final fantasy game that that there's going to be some variation of them there and and yeah there is that it is it serves as a nice drip feed throughout the throughout the game and the story to to think that you're going to be getting different ones of those and and wondering what and, and even there is that delayed gratification thing of you you pick it up in whatever form you might obtain it. And it's not like you can just then fire it. Like it's not a gun where you can just, oh, let's find out what this does. It's, yeah, you have to wait to be in a certain situation. You then have to wait a certain amount of time to be in that situation before you can find out what it what it does and what it looks like. So that's... Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're cleverly designed as well because the ones that you pick up at the start don't become redundant at the end. You use mm-hmm. them all the way through the whole game because they do... Because they have their own little niches that they all um, sort of focus in on, it's not like you're replacing them as you go. You're just adding them to to your current yeah. set of tools. Um, yeah. So they stay relevant, which is nice. Because I think one of the things with weapons in games is that 
like you tend to with a lot of games you tend to like they just get better as you go so you end up replacing your old ones with the new mm-hmm. ones with the new powerful ones but um you know a lot of games will save their most powerful weapons until like the last level or the last last act or whatever but um yeah the summons the summons don't do that they're, they're drip fed throughout and they all of them stay relevant as you go yeah uh, well yeah so that's that probably taps into another thing actually that does feed into my own favorite type of weapon and also then my actual favorite weapon and that is that there is a sense of of ownership i suppose like you get this thing in some cases like aloy's bow for example in the horizon games you you start with that and you can get upgraded bows you can't but the the form of it doesn't really change you know aloy has a bow that's like you know it's like robin hood or something it's like that's that's the weapon that's associated with her and that changes by ammo types and things like that but it also changes through just you getting better with that weapon and you leveling up your own skills with that weapon and and uh factoring that in rather than just have a new one and chuck the other one away Mm. um but aloy's bow doesn't quite fit everything for me because it it essentially is sort of a it's it's the ammo that's the most interesting thing and i think there are better alternatives in the horizon uh like world the the sort of the law of horizon um that might make more sense for Aloy to use but anyway the so i do but i do like in identifying that i do like more kind of analog weapons i suppose so games that aren't guns that games that have the you know like a crossbow or a bow or a sword ivy's snake sword for example is like Mm. like a real sort of favorite again it's that kind of romantic idea of it it's like oh it's cool it does this thing and it can it can turn into a whip and a blade and you know it's it's this like it's the image of it um potential caliber has a lot of good weapons yeah yeah it does yeah and yeah even the the character as well exactly yeah i was gonna say even the ones that i'm not particularly fond on using like the huge axe um that various characters use throughout rock yeah in in the yeah way back when um yeah, and it does. It does. It marries the the character and the and the weapon together very well, um, which it can do when you have like these predefined characters rather than just going out into the world and picking up a bunch of stuff. Uh, so yeah, so I do I do like kind of the analog weapons, and I think I wonder if that's part of the appeal in a wider context as well. Part of the appeal I was thinking about Daryl from The Walking Dead, uh, who who exists in the TV shows, um, if nowhere else in the comics, but he's like, he, I think part of what makes has made him a fan favorite is that he uses a crossbow. And I think that's like, it fits his character. It fits his backstory. It fits the world in which they now live. Um, and it has that kind of, I'm not sure what the word would be, but it has that kind of that connection to it you know he has to create arrows for it or bolts for it and then he will retrieve them if he can and it just it everything kind of ties together nicely rather than just yeah create a bunch of ammo and then fire it off with impunity and well don't worry about i, I where think the next bit's coming from i think it reflects i think it's it's a way of making his character seem more dangerous because he's decided to have a weapon which is going to be difficult to make ammo for, and then he has to go and retrieve the ammo, like you said. So he has to put himself potentially in harm's way. So that reflects his character of being this more kind of like risk takery, devil may care, mm. 
Mm. Uh, my life isn't the be or when end all. It's not, you know, um, he's willing to sort of put himself in danger constantly to have this <laughs> impractical weapon. <laughs> but it, but on the, but it's practical in the sense that it's silent. Silent, yeah. It's that, you know, and in a world where, you know, that's that's what's going to give you away uh, more probably than anything else. And that's, again, feeds back into my enjoyment of those kinds of weapons in games, because as we've, I think we've probably touched on before, that is how I play a lot of games. Given the choice, I play a lot of games stealth. And so I naturally lean towards weapons like, you know, a wrist crossbow in, in Dishonored or, or yeah, the, like a bow and arrow. That's, or a silenced pistol in something like, you know, far more recent, like Deathloop. Um, that's kind of how I play that and, and gain the most satisfaction. Uh, and so, so it's probably like unsurprising. Mini nukes in Fallout then? No, <laughs> not so much. No. Uh, although, you know, in certain games, like the Ratchet and Clank games. I love like the Rhino uh, just because when I was a kid and first got that and I, it sort of, I found it amusing and it titillated me that the Rhino stood for rip you a new one. I was like, yeah, that's cool. In what is effectively a kid's game, they've put this like little more mature reference in there. So yeah, there's a time and a place for the huge mega death weapons. But for the most part, I, I go the, the, the sort of the silent but deadly route. Um <laughs> Which feeds into my favourite weapon in video games is the bow in Thief. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like the bow itself is its own thing. Garrett has a certain amount of, you know, backstory with this bow and, and lore and it fits his character. But it's it's very much what you can do with it and the ammo types that you get and the way that you use that thing throughout the entirety of your thief career, effectively, and spanning multiple games. Um Well that's and, a- yeah, the it's the utility weapon as well. It's that thing of it, it does, you know, it does multiple things rather than just shoot and kill. It does, you know, puts out torches and makes surfaces climbable and with moss arrows and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's a weapon that likes, um, you know, the intro to this episode about like developers choosing forms of interaction mm. that detail and communicate to you what sort of game this is and what sort of world it is and what sort of character you're playing as the bow having a bow in thief playing as the thief makes total sense like immediately you know that just like when just like in the walking dead like this is you're supposed to be quiet you're supposed to be a bit sneaky like that's what a bow Mm -hmm. tends to communicate yeah yeah absolutely and and in thief of course it does and the all the different types of arrows and it's these things like you know even just the water arrows have multiple uses within them it's not just for putting out lights you can also wash away blood stains with it which can then you know make it less likely you're going to be detected so all of that is like here's a tool how do you want to go about using it there's like a deus ex element to it of like you can kind of play your way uh again arrows are probably going to be in short supply so or at least it's going to be rarer than than you're just going to pick up a clip every you know every couple of minutes so yeah it kind of just fits every all the all the different aspects of weapons in video games that narrative side of it the mechanical side of it how it feels to use the way in which you interact with the world that kind of yeah i can and i and i didn't know that i didn't know like had you asked me last week what's your favorite weapon in video games i wouldn't have known that answer it was only through kind of exploring this topic and thinking about the things that i like about weapons and the the things that are the most interesting to me about weapons that I arrived at at the bow in Thief. Um, so you know, arguably, I suppose you could say it's more about how you use it than the actual thing. But 
Well, I was going to say, yeah. And egg. I mean, I've played, I played Thief, but I've never completed um, any of them. So, and I, I think I only played the original one for a very short amount of time. I played like the newer one, which is, mm. you know, sort of hit and yeah. miss in most people's yeah, minds. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of how you use it in a game like that, how often are you actually using it? Um, in the early games, and those are more my reference points for this, really. Uh, in the early game, the Thief One and Two, you use it a lot. You well, you use it as much, I would say, as much if not more for like utility purposes than you do for for killing somebody. It's, it is that kind of classic thing of. A bit like Dishonored, maybe, that if you've got to a point where you're in a shootout with a bow, which, you know, good luck with that. But if you've if you've got to that point, then you've probably screwed something up. So you use it far more for the to facilitate the way that you're playing, to facilitate the creeping around um, an interior and putting out lights and using noisemakers to distract guards to then sneak past them. You're using it far more for that kind of purpose. Um, and even when you are using it to fight, there's like... It, it the way that it can render certain situations in a different light. So, for example, there's these like mechanical in the second thief. There's a there's these mechanical enemies, but they are powered by like a, a boiler um, that they have on the. But they've got these grates on the back of them that, although they look terrifying to begin with, and if you go up against like you know toe to toe with them, then you're dead. You don't have any options, even with your bow. You have no options to to really to take them down. But if you're able to sneak around the back of them, they have this boiler on the back that's, you know, it's fuel powered, fire powered. Uh, So you shoot a couple of water arrows into that and it just shuts them down. So there's Mm. like, it's that kind of thing. It's like the, well, what do I have to hand? Not just though I've got a bigger and better weapon because I've leveled up so I can just, you know, do more damage and all the rest of it. What do I have to hand and how do I want to use it? That it's that constant I think it goes back to what you said about like the interaction with the world and the tight feedback loop, but it moves that from the act of shooting to the act of thinking about shooting, if that makes sense. It's like, how am I going to use this thing that I've got? Let me try this. Okay, that great, that worked. Now I've got a path up to this other window because of it. I shot a moss arrow or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the bit that I find. And, and from a mechanical standpoint, I've always liked the fact with bows that you can draw them and then like let them go without firing so you can kind of ready to fire but then if something changes you have the option of kind of you know taking that back you have like a halfway between not shooting and shooting there is like a halfway there that often there isn't with you know with a gun it's you you line your shot up and you take the shot and that's it um whereas yeah the bow is just a bit more i guess it's a bit slower paced in that sense so yeah and the mechanical element of having to accommodate the like the arc of the arrow as well which i think was taken out of the latest thief game and often you don't often have that anymore right you often it's often more it's like almost like a hit scan sort of weapon where you you point you aim at something you shoot and it hits it without any need to like take account of environmental factors like the distance because you had to do that in the original thief you had to aim you know higher than you wanted to hit because the arc of the weapon was going to bring it down so yeah, there's just a lot of decision making. There's a lot of narrative satisfaction that I take from it. Um, and yeah, it was one of the, I think, probably one of the best examples of, of using a weapon in that way uh, to tie all of those things together mm. that 
perhaps in later games like Horizon, some of that gets lost a bit. It's like, is it is it really a bow? Like, what are the characteristics of it that make it a bow other than what it looks like? Um, you know, is it just a gun that looks like a bow kind of thing in, in Horizon's yeah, yeah. case? So, yeah, but that I am, and it's interesting for me, to, I don't know if it applies to you as well, but to think about that, that the way, the, the kind of weapons I like feeding to the feed into the way that I tend to like to play. So I do tend to like the, the silenced weapons and the analog weapons more than, more than the assault rifles and the, you know, the mini, mini guns or. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd go into the game knowing what I was going to pick to be honest, because I don't normally use shotguns really in games mm. very much. Certainly not in, um, well, I was going to say shooters, but what other games do they appear in? <laughs> but, um, well, Dentistry. you know, like things like Last of Us or something. I, 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 if there was a shotgun type weapon, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it in that, I don't think. But in Bat for Bloods, that is primarily what I've been using. Um, but I just think it makes sense for, um, well, the builds that I'm playing. But then did I pick the builds that I'm playing because I wanted to use a shotgun or did I pick the shotgun because I wanted to use a build I'm looking? I don't know. Mm. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, you've kind so- of doubled down, right, in Back for Bloods, because that you, th- then it's like baseball bat is tends to be the alt weapon, or at least the melee weapon tends to be the alt weapon. So you've doubled down on the idea of close quarters. It's like so if if the we- melee weapon's not working, I'll switch to a shotgun. And I think some people might go the other way; they might have like a longer distance weapon, and then when I get up close, I'm going to use. A yeah, bat, I might just getting in there. And- yeah, if it was a single-player game, I might spread it out a bit more. But given mm, that it's mm-hmm. a team-based game, I would hope and prefer that the team spreads the spreads the yeah. ranges rather than yeah. a single-player. Um, you know, it's like in like a real combat situation or whatever. Well, not that I know loads about it, but I, I doubt you have people who are like carrying swords, shotguns, and sniper rifles <laughs> around, and um, a flamethrower, <laughs> and a rocket launcher, yeah, <laughs> nuke gun. Um, alright so that was best weapons so um, yeah get your votes in what's better summons from Final Fantasy or the bow from uh, bow and arrow from Thief Um, easy comparison to make there so yes get in touch with us and tell us what your favourite video game weapons are and potentially how you came to that um, that decision is it just is it emotional is it mechanical um was it an easy decision for you was it a difficult decision for you we are at indie by design on all social media channels and you can also visit our website indiebydesign.net where you'll find all the info and links to buy the books that we make that cover a broad range of video cop- video game topics and um studios otherwise we'll see you again next week and thank you for listening 